wherever you go, however you go. For energy on the go, it's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast, it works long, it tastes good, and with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket, fits your backpack, fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5-HourEnergy.com. Hello, everybody. Hi. So right now you're an audience. Soon you will be a podcast audience. So please make some noise because this is Juvenalia Live. have some interesting topics now we have two great guests yeah it's um we're gonna be talking about grunge and take that so i've dressed as a grunge lawyer to to help us get going i dress as a five-year-old yeah um i am a children's tv presenter very Moscow. everything we wanted to be yeah yeah um as you know to stay five forever yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. uh we like to start our live podcasts with table quiz yeah as you know we have some excellent prizes um we actually spoiled for prizes this time we brought too many so we're giving away six and ellen has some excellent hard questions yeah so they're based they're based on the topics and um the topics are going to take that so there'll be like adjacent just gonna get away from the mic for a second to get the goodie bags the goodie bag is very exciting yeah the goodie bag is basically ellen has some Artifacts, cultural artifacts, and then pieces I, of history. Detritus. I basically. prepared little goodie bags like in a kid's birthday party. I didn't know you did. <laughs> yeah. Can I have one? No, they're for they're for no, they're for I can the lovely people, William. I'll tell you what's in them, and I'll tell for the people who might be listening and that, that aren't here. Um, sorry, there are some pipe cleaners for crafting, and they're well, cleaning your pipes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like a practical in, in another practical uh, vein, a packet of pocket tissues because you m- might have a runny nose at this time. It's cold here. outside. Yeah, a bunch of stationery from Tesco that's butterfly themed, like a little mechanical pencil, a little pen, a notebook, and then some Kinder bars and some uh, refreshers and love hearts and stuff. So there's six questions and six prizes, and everyone gets a little bag and a, a surprise from Alan. Yeah. <laughs> Something I found. So, before. Sarah, do you want to ask the first question? Absolutely. If I get it right, do I get it so, right? People, yeah, people put their hands up. Oh, this is a really hard question. Uh, yeah, so put your hand up if you know the answer. And um, what will we do? We'll give it to them after. Yeah, we'll give it to them after. But the first time we did this, I ran around with a microphone and I got, got really sweaty. Sweat. And then I was sitting beside Maria Dog Kennedy going, this is not how I want to meet Maria Dog Kennedy. <laughs> so. If you were going to sit next to anybody in an awful state, she's a lovely no. lady. Yeah. So, like, I just, I was like, can, do I use it? Do I sleeve, sleeve it off? Or <laughs> sleeve it off. Do I do this? Mm. But yeah, it's like a Taylor Swift song. I yeah. think you do. <laughs> okay, question number one. This goes towards your final points count in your leaving cert. In case any of you need it's it. It's still happening. Any nightmares? It never ends. No. It's nearly October. Uh, number one. Which British comedian did our Lord and Saviour, Courtney Love, apparently date in the mid noughties Oh, you have a hand up. Yes. Work. Yes. yes. You are absolutely right. So what does our lovely winner win? Um, she wins Nightmare on Hannah Street, a Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana. <laughs> <laughs> so. And the goodie bag. 
bag. So we'll leave bag. that and, and you can come and pick it up after. Yeah. And that's for you. It's got all your back to school needs. <laughs> it does, the little notepad. It's just handy for if you get a message on the phone or something. Okay. <laughs> really jealous. <laughs> okay, I'll do the second question. Um, which of Robbie Williams' exes is also the current ex-wife of uh, Liam Gallagher from Oasis? Obvious legend, whoever she is. Yeah, I'll completely. Hands up, anybody. I can give a clue if people... Oh, okay. <laughs> I see you. Okay, you won already. And... <laughs> and I love you. Oh, okay. Lady in the glasses. Hello. Um, what's your name? Anne-Marie. Hi, Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie. And who won before there? I know, it was Jean. Hi, Jean. Jean. Oh, Jean. Hi, Jean. <laughs> Anne-Marie, who is uh, that woman in question? Oh, it's not, but I'll give it to you. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> because I didn't mention anything about All Saints and stuff, and it is a bit of a tough pull from your brain. So there you go. What does she win? She wins Jedward, Our Story, the official biography. So that's another prize, and you get a goodie back too. I'm not sure how far it covers. Like, they've had quite an event for the last couple of years. I don't think it covers the court case. All the legal issues. <laughs> but there's like some blank pages in the back so you could like just write in what you felt about the court case. I feel like you got, wicked, you got wicked points for trying. You know how in the Leaving Cert on paper, it's like, no, you can't get anything wrong. But you know how in the oral, they're like, they stop the machine and they're like, I just, just like, I know what you meant. I know what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's kind of the, the vibe that we're going for. Yeah. Okay, Sarah, do you want to read questions? I do. Uh, question number three. What American comedy sketch show did Eddie Vedder make a cameo in as a speaking tattoo of his own face? Oh my goodness. Okay. Eddie. Hi. Hi. Yes. Correct. That was very easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. You were the only person put her hand up, so. And the enthusiasm is easy. Yeah. yeah. You, got, yeah. So you get a choice. Yeah. You either get the Robert Pattinson album or the Taylor Lautner album. <laughs> you make a choice you so, it's who you are you're aligning yourself in the war I'm going to go against my alignment because I think Robert Pattinson seems like pretty fair with you yeah, he kind of does nowadays doesn't he yeah. okay. okay you said three whoop yes so go for it. thank you Alan okay um, fourth question for the fourth prize um, what financial crime did Gary Barlow get accused of in recent years hands up please ooh you at the back Lady. Tax evasion. Tax evasion. Correct. Yes. What's your name? Carrie. Carrie. Carrie won. And what did she win? Carrie was a Robert Pattinson album. <laughs> that's, that's in the solid. The choice was made for you. Realistically, in the war, we all know who's going to win. <laughs> so don't, don't be too disappointed. <laughs> he was very hot as well. He was very culturally, he was a hot thing at the time. Um, okay. I'll get you read this one. It's number questions. Question number five. What was Kurt Cobain's hometown called? It's really difficult. Question. I know it. <laughs> Pain is the answer. It's <laughs> a really good question. It's in. It's. I'll give you a state clue because I feel like the pace right now. I need a need a bit of help. Um, it is Washington, like the capital. Oh, there's a hand in the back. Who's? Oh, Aberdeen. Yes. 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 yes it, is. it was. What's your name? Hi, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. And what does Jeremy win? Jeremy wins the seven-inch single of I've Had the Time of My Life by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warrenson. Very good. That's a jubilee, a deep cut, by the way. You should listen to Louise McSharry's episode about Dirty Dancing. And the B-side on this is Love is Strange. That's basically all you want from the Dirty Dancing soundtrack (laughs) in one seven-inch single. So that's a very good prize. 
Congratulations. And Sarah's going to read the final question and, and we'll get the final prize, which is um, my favourite and is oh kind God. of pertinent to the Very evening. Special. Yeah, the illusion is kind of shattered. Um, yeah. What band was Take That's creator trying to emulate? Uh, yes. Ah, correct. correct. Yes. So because this is a Take That episode, you win the CD single of Robbie Williams' Rude Box. Um, Not his finest work. That comes with three remixes of Rude Box, which is about all the Rude Box you'll ever need. That's like 75% too much. It is. It has, is the, it? it has the soul mechanic <laughs> dub, the chicken lips malfunction, Whoop. and the chicken lips malfunction dub. So that's two dubs and two malfunctions. Um. That's a, that's a real prize. I mean, you put that on eBay and it's gone. That was like you know? 50 cent in Rainbow Records and more. Tell them, Alan. Tell them. I mean, it's mine. It's a... couture. <laughs> Thank you. So that was the quiz. Thanks for participating. And We're going to shut down the chat show and just start doing a university style challenge. It's just really just fun. Yeah, it's just good. It's relaxing. Should we bring up our guests? I think we should. Okay. So. so we have two guests because this is our second year at Dublin Podcast Festival. So we thought we'd go twice as big. Yeah. yeah. And this is our first year that Sarah was, is here for the Dublin Podcast Festival. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Part of the Oh, tell me yeah. about your mug before we go any further. Oh, yeah. Did Explain the mug. Notice. Oh, my God, it's hot Robin Hood. <laughs> Did anybody notice my mug? It's got hot Robin Hood on it. Sexy animal, oh. where you feel weird about Just it. Just in case anybody, uh, yeah, that will, we will eventually do a juvenile episode on the greatest cinematic work of all time, which corrupted a generation of young women. <laughs> <laughs> on cartoon um, characters that weren't humans that we thought were hot. It's the furry episode. Yeah. Just call it what it is. <laughs> Just call Welcome it what to it the is. Furry episode. Welcome to the. This is not the furry episode. This is the '90s episode. Yeah. Uh, so we should welcome our fabulous guests. Yes. yes. Our first guest is the Books and Arts Editor, Sunday Business Post. Our second guest is lead singer with Ham Sandwich, Sunino Regan and Neil Farrell. Hello. Hi. Welcome to our kitchen table. Yeah, thank you. I feel like we're up in like Westlife. Oh we should we stand up and change key? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe in like 40 minutes. So we'll okay, cool. Yeah. We'll do one topic, then we'll stand up and do the second topic. Yes. In a higher key? Yeah, like can I be Nikki? Hey, everybody. I'm going home if I can't be Nikki. <laughs> so what are we going to do first? We'll talk about Take That first. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So why did you pick Take That? Um, I was obsessed with Take That when I was a young girl. Um, yeah, I just it was I kind of went through the I went through the typical, you know, loving the boy band phase. Young girl, you know, doesn't know why she likes them, maybe. <laughs> hmm. Um, but yeah, I just I, I, you know, I think I was born in 83 and they started in what, 1990? Yeah. Um, so I think I would have got into them maybe around 91, 92. I remember the first song I saw on TV was It Only Takes a Minute. Oh. And when they're all dancing in the boxing ring. Yeah, yeah. All sweaty and Jason does this like amazing flip breakdown. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, what? Yeah, Jason Orange is a breakdancer. More you Fact. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Fact. Um, yeah, and just... I had to take that jumper. I had, a, and then, you know, kind of progressively got more obsessed with them. Um, Mark Owen was my favorite, you know, the kind of little 
I just love yeah yeah and the 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 Johnson's baby t-shirt is popping into my head right now in the Relay by Fire video (laughs) um yeah I just absolutely kind of just I grabbed a hold of them and they were my thing you know what I mean they were just like it was take that fever kind of grip the nation you know, and then took a massive hold of me as well. I think the first thing I remember of them was seeing them on the Ozone, where there was like a behind the scenes of, what was it, Barry Manilow song they covered? Uh, oh. Sorry, the best song ever written. It's called Could It Be Magic. Could oh, be magic. Yeah. That's Barry Manilow. Yeah. Banger. Okay, Barry Manilow's version is really sad. Oh, okay. <laughs> but oh. the take that version is immaculate. Yes. It's perfect. Magic. It's so yeah. Tough. Yeah. And yeah, I was yeah. eight or nine as well, but they seemed sound as well, which yeah. I wasn't expecting. And I loved, like, I always loved, like, I'd go and I'd get, like, smash hits and they'd have, like, questionnaires, like, what's your favourite colour and what's your favourite food and stuff, and you'd find out all about them and things like that. And uh, you really felt like you knew them, and I guess that's what the that's, that's what the record labels wanted you to feel. You know, you really felt like it was achievable to get to know these people you know and that's the whole thing of a boy band is for a young girl is like you know these guys could be your boyfriend oh, yeah. and that's what you want you know I want that guy to be my boyfriend I have to ask which yeah. guy did you want to be your boyfriend oh Mark Owen 100% yeah what about yeah. you Nadine who did you care for fake that at all um well I'd actually love to know the audience here tonight because I think there's a possibly a sharp divide between the Take oh, wow. fan okay. <laughs> and the 1990s grunge fan and yeah. for all that like I really appreciate pop music and I absolutely love pop music like the reason I wanted to talk about grunge is because the literal sound of alienation and just hit me at a point when I was entering adolescence and it, I just really responded to it but like for people here tonight if you had to put a hand up for more grunge or more take that? Oh, what do you what are you thinking? Grunge? So go grunge first, grunge first, grunge first oh. and then we'll go take that. Oh, <laughs> grunge wins. Yeah. Yeah. Me, Damn you. But they, not on stage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> grunge. Yeah. Oh, grunge. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. I did like grunge too, but like, actually, no. I'm gonna renege my vote. Um, I'm I'm grunge. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robbie Williams till I die, frankly. Um, okay, so it's a bit it's split. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Probably, it's a complex thing. But the thing is, I kind of found take that almost too much for me in every sense. <laughs> I was just like, why are these boys underneath outdoor showers in their videos? Oh, like, <laughs> because you, you needed to see this, and like this is what you needed to see. Water is loosing down their body, and they're like touching themselves. And I'm going, what is happening? Like I. I, I was I, delighted. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it was great. It wasn't even why, it's just like, correct. <laughs> well done, gentlemen. Excellent choice. And I think what you said was right and I, about the, the questionnaires in magazines is fascinating. I had a, I had, I'm going to call her out, Steph, who absolutely doesn't listen. The benefit of having mates who don't listen to your podcast. She was bent into steps, and, but her, she had inherited her, which I love unequivocally but her she'd inherited her bedroom from her sister who had been bedding to take that mm-hmm. so it was wall to wall to wall to wall to door to ceiling steps except for a take that clock which <laughs> remained amid the, the, the clippings on the walls and I still love take that like yeah. from and I would go into her, her terrifying claustrophobic box room and be like 
Uh, those are your boys. <laughs> the magazines is really interesting. The way the magazines were laid out to make yeah. you feel like you knew them. And because all the songs are love songs, mm -hmm. grand sort of juvenile proclamations of pure, true, uncomplicated romance. Yeah. That's perfect when you're all like 14, 13. Yeah. Like that is exactly on the nose. For me, I would have been a little bit younger. So it would have been an even more kind of abstract concept. It was very pure. It was almost yeah. kind of pre-sexual, I guess they're kind of, and that, I guess modern day pop bands and boy pop bands have that too, Yeah, where it's not really like, here's exactly what I'm going to do to your body. It's, <laughs> it's more like, it's, it's more You're the most special girl in the You're world. You're so special yeah. and interesting. It was more about the Could love. Could it be like, magic? Yeah, yeah. It's like about the love, kind of like, you know, we're going to fall in love. Yeah, and it wasn't really, it wasn't really a sexy thing. No. Inside well, your head, like subconsciously. It was, you know what I mean? You look at them and you're like, I don't know why I feel these things about you, but I do. <laughs> if I can give a skeptical face over podcast, that is the face I'm giving. No, 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 no. <laughs> the thing is like the songs were, weren't very sexual, but the videos no. were a lot of heavy lifting. I think. Yeah. There was a lot of, like, a lot of ads, a lot of sweating. Yeah. I don't fancy anyone and take that. Robbie though. Robbie, only in the Millennium video. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, I fancied Kurt Cobain so much. Yeah. I, for me, take that, like, just completely left me cold. Because they're such tryhards, you know? Yeah. It's, a different, try hard, it's a different kind of boy. Put your though. clothes back on. I want to hear the music. Get yeah. up and respect yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, like, I wanted to, you know, go to them as opposed to, like, have them offer themselves up to me like a yeah. cream puff. It was too Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> too easy. I was like, no, you know. I was also too easy. What's wrong with you? I was too small. Oh, that's yeah, cute. I was like, when take that disbanded, I was three. Ah, real. So, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. I was a bit older and had to take a day off school, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did. I, I was. Robbie left. How did you feel when Robbie left first? I didn't really care because I didn't really like Robbie too much. Okay. <gasps> on me. Yeah, no, like I mean, I I love take that, but when Robbie left, that wasn't so much of a big deal. He's but the it, I I remember feeling like. Oh, this is the start of something really bad. Like Robbie's going, what's going on? Um, and then I remember the day that they broke up and it was all over the news and there was like videos of like girls crying outside and stuff and I lost the fucking sorry, can I swear? Oh, yeah, away. Okay, I lost the fucking plot. And I cried and cried and cried and my mother came up to me in the mo the morning I was meant to be going to school she walked in and she went you're not fucking going to school <laughs> <laughs> and I sat in my room listening to Take That Songs for the whole day crying my eyes out I was devastated I really really hit me really bad because I like I cared about these dudes like these were my dudes you know and they <laughs> and all of a sudden they didn't care about each other anymore they didn't care about us yeah. and it's such a big deal because like you're made to care about them so hard mm -hmm. that you feel like so close to them and then all of a sudden well. like you feel like they don't give a shit like yeah that's, that's so hard it's the inverse of that like um weird that the, the it's the inverse of the questionnaires it's a betrayal of everything yeah. Smash hit yeah. I told you because when you're of a certain age you're like well it's in a magazine so it's fucking true like, <laughs> you know you you aren't media literate at that point at all you're yeah. it's it's written down it's true yeah. and that betrayal is so specific and so unusual mm -hmm. because there is definitely a moment 
that largely comes, I think, with the death of artists. I mean, I had this when uh, it's totally different. Don't get me wrong. It's totally different. Now you're laughing yeah. like I'm going to say something gas, but I'm not. Um, like when Amy Winehouse died. Yeah. I had this incredible, frightening moment of realising there would be no new work. Yeah. There would be no other voyages to go on with her. There would be no... I wouldn't get to grow old with the sound of her. Yeah. And I was like in my 20s, grown-ass woman, whatever. But when you're younger and that you aren't even able to articulate no. that, you're just like... There's no more of this. The dream is over. Yeah. And like, I went to see the last tour of One Direction with my kid sister, Post Zane, who was totally the, the fucking Robbie of. I've seen uh, them two times. I've only seen them once. They were great. And they did sell that same dream. Yeah. That sweetness and that purity. And we all know, because we're all copped on, that it's being sold to us. Yeah. That there is a creator, that there are strings. But you do have to suspend your cynicism because it gives you tremendous pleasure if you do. Yeah. The reward for that suspension is huge. So when a band breaks up and there are no more songs about him, which they love you. Yeah. That shit's real. Yeah. Who loves me then? <laughs> Who loves me? Nobody loves me anymore. I'm not going to school, mother. I fucking... My five boyfriends have on me specifically on this day. So, like, how did you feel then, like... After the betrayal, seeing Robbie, like as you were healing, I guess, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. when Robbie started to become more successful and it wasn't your favorite, like, did you yeah. have any weird feelings? Um, I didn't like Robbie. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't like. So hard. No, I'd never liked. I never got like Mark Owen was like my thing. Yeah, he's so the cutie like, boy. You know, Did you, you like know, Clementine? Pardon? Mark's own solo single, Clementine. <laughs> No, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I did. I did buy it on CD single, yeah. but that was just because I was like, I gotta support this guy because he's my guy. But it was utter <laughs> shit. Um, I loved my favorite song. My like my one that I hold close to my heart is uh, Babe. And do you remember the video for that? And Babe was actually great, to be fair. Oh, my God. my God. And he's walking around this big and he's got this big fur coat on. And he's like, <laughs> Babe, I'm back again. Yes, you fucking are. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I love that. Like, I bought into it. Like, and when Robbie Williams came out then, he was doing all his bad boy shit with Liam Gallagher. Yeah, he was. And I was like, well, <laughs> no, no. Now I'm like, yeah, okay. I'd buy oh, into yeah. that now. Absolutely. Because <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. Live your life, man. But um, yeah, no, at the time I wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been buying into that. And what did you make of the reunion? My favourite reunion, take that fact. I've only got one, take that fact. I haven't retained any of the favourite colours or star signs. However, um, I do know that Shine, which is fight me outside the bar, a fucking banger. She's not messing. It, it slaps, yeah. right? right. Mm -hmm. Fucking really banger, right? Is about Robbie. Oh, really? Yeah. What? It reads... <laughs> Having facts. <laughs> I never have any that. facts. So yeah, it's this. It's so it reads when you're listening to it, listeners. Oh you know what to do. Um, as this mad love song, wherein the singer is encouraging whoever they're singing the you of the song. Yeah, to rock and hop onto your shit and go and be your best self. It's very romantic, but it's actually about it's singing to Robbie. But it was written during a time he was wow. going through a really horrific depressive episode because he's bipolar. Yeah. Um, and it was written to him during a really difficult period where he was encouraging him to 
Get your shit together. Get your shit together, Robbie. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's called shine, not get that. your shit together. But like, it might as well be. <laughs> Which I just think adds this beautiful wow. contextual layer. Yeah. I didn't did, did not know that. Um, I, yeah, when they kind of came back out and like released new music, I like I appreciated it like definitely because I love I love pop music. I, I have an Ariana Grande jumper on. I, I was, love I pop music. I um it is the hill that I will die on. I absolutely love it. And um yeah, when they come out, like I definitely kind of appreciate what they were doing and their songs. Like they still Gary Barlow. I mean, he wrote a million love songs. That is one of the best songs. Like you know songs that have been written pop wise it's a beautiful song but like he really wanted to sing for years like he was gigging from when he was 15 like he was so serious yeah. about it and he won yeah. an Ivor Novello award while he was singing take that which is like yeah. really impressive considering I feel so sorry that he couldn't dance though for shit like Gary uh, yeah, no, God really love him like really God love him couldn't dance you don't have to but he couldn't dance <laughs> well, like, he was like a bunch like, of cinder like, blocks you know yeah. in the middle I just had a girl. thought oh. I remember I had to take that video they did a cover of a Nirvana song what? at a live yeah. gig, so didn't they? Yes, they and did. I just for some reason had that thought in my head. It's, it's, it's awful. It's horrific. Was it a sin to you when you heard it? Oh my God. <laughs> like Jason Orange, just there's no way. I feel like I have to apologize for that. I'm so sorry. Oh my, I post-traumatic stress. That. No, I actually tweeted it out um, because of the shock and the people I mean it's actually it's hard to believe it actually happened it did yeah it really it did like, it smells like teen spirit it really did I mean happen. they didn't yeah. pick you know about a girl or something you know something that might have actually suited them no they said no. let's do smells like teen spirit <laughs> I feel like take that we're all about the teen spirit really <laughs> a different kind of teen spirit it's a hormone or a very similar kind of teen spirit oh maybe mm. with a different kind of outfit on yeah yeah just less, <laughs> less flannel. Less flannel. Yeah. <laughs> or waistcoats. Just waistcoats. Waistcoats. Yeah. They were just so oily, like, you know. <laughs> they were very slippy. I just, slippy. Yeah, guys. It's, just not, it's not my cup of uh, tea now. I feel like right. in a tour bus, you just slide off things. Slide <laughs> off the piano. Yeah. In terms of having fun personally, that sounds class. <laughs> but I just don't really like it in a person that I'm like, I'm into that. I'm like, oh, you need to shower. But, uh, you know. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I was going to ask, actually, did you hear that they're reuniting next year? Mm-hmm. But it's only the three of them because uh-huh. Jason's gone. And Rick Astley is oh, going. Oh, to- no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. telling lies. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's facts. Once That's- again. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Astley is going to join them. I feel oh, like wow. it's a really like quite a sparse take that. Uh, tour yeah. then I've, ne- I've never actually seen them live but I am you getting a ticket for never never seen them live and I am getting a ticket for their gig next April and I'm gonna cry my eyes out <laughs> but I it, can't wait it's conceivable right that at some point you'll be doing like the Late Late Show or something and at least <gasps> one of them will be backstage or will be doing something and yeah, if no. that happens how are you mm-hmm. what would you say I would literally vomit all over myself <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you be I would I would I would I would freak I would, I've, somebody asked me this before and they were like, what would you ever do if you met uh, Marco like years ago because they were touring over here and I was kind of like, oh, maybe I could get like a, you know, I know somebody in the industry and get me backstage and stuff and I was like, actually, no, I don't want to fucking do it. Because <laughs> I would make an utter tit out of myself. Like, yeah. I really, really would. You know, it's kind of like, 
it's kind of probably like one of those like regress memories is that the right word like where if i met them all this shit would just come out of my face and i'd be like oh my god i love you so much your favorite color is blue (laughs) (laughs) you like lasagna (laughs) you're a fucking sagittarius (laughs) exactly exactly it can be it is better to kind of just stay like that low and the mystery the mystery keep the the mystery mystery alive people are better when you don't know a lot about massive chasm just keep the chasm yeah. open. I can dry sand. Oh yeah, keep it mm, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Forever, all yeah. I know is she has a shopping center in the bottom of her house, and that's all I need to know. <laughs> Some you know? When, yeah. I was, when I was working in a bookshop, John Waters was touring his book, and the I was on shift that day. <laughs> <laughs> I was on shift that day, and I traded my shift out because he was coming in to sign, and I knew that if he was there, I would just, I would fall apart. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No. Oh, hold on. I was like the good one. I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. No. It's a good book. I was like, oh no, wait. No, the re. The, yeah, the, the, good, the, the good guy. The 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 man with the mustache. Um, and I was like, I would actually rather not. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't need to make a show myself. No. No. Because that interaction then would keep you awake at night. Oh, would you? Uh huh. Oh yeah. You and could never watch anything again. Like him. it's important to keep some things precious. Yes. Yes. Like they belong in your imagination from a time. Yes. And that's grand. Yeah. It's okay. Do you have a favourite Take That song? Um, I would say, I mean, Babe, like I, I, I just, I love that so much. And I remember watching it like over and over and over and over again. Um, but yeah, Never Forget is an absolute banger. Yeah. You come so far. Oh. Like when it just starts off, it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Give it to me. Oh, to my face. Like, you know. I started listening to that at work the other day and I started welling up within about 20 seconds of listening to it. <laughs> I was like, because that should have been their last single. They shouldn't have done it. Yeah. That was their second last song. song. It was like it's this complete bow on their whole mythology. Yes. They went and did How Deep's Your Love with the Volkswagen model. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. It was very strange. Fuck that. Yeah. I, think, I genuinely think Could It Be Magic is probably in my top five favorite songs of my life yeah like it's so exciting i don't mean to yes. be controversial on this but it doesn't do it for me at all no anything. <laughs> no it's so you no, feel and listen i appreciate and don't hit me <laughs> we've never had like a full-on debate on juvenile no. we're about to go there I'm, please I'm nobody will hit nadine <laughs> but like i really appreciate gary barlow's craft I, oh yeah back for good all those tracks there's so many beautifully crafted pop songs but could it be magic? Oh, yeah. Mm. Could oh, yeah. it be magic? I mean, that one. Yeah, that one. That's yeah, no, like, fully. That's peak Cheeky Robbie song. Totally. It is, it is yeah. Cheeky Robbie. Yeah. It's like, oh, Robbie Williams. Like, I, no just, I find that one so throwaway. It's so dramatic and like, it's almost operatic in its bullshit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's a bit like, like a soap commercial to me. But Oh, no. No, I... I, I you know, like, you could imagine, could it be magic during the nah. spring? <laughs> like, it I does feel, sound like an ad song. I nah, agree with you. No, I... It I, has, like, big dramatics, like, 90s string stabs and stuff. It's, I like it. Yeah. There's and like it's a, a garage video as well. And, and every boyman has to have a garage video. The lyrics are incredibly weird as well. Could it be magic like, now? There's other lyrics. <laughs> like, now. Kind of just a question. Now. <laughs> to my arms. Uh, could this be the wonder of all of you? Like, I don't know, man. Oh, I that's feel like just I, one of their sexy songs. Yeah, this is also it's Barry Manilow realness as well. But yeah. uh, I, I guess we can't, I don't know, I can't ever put a thumbtack on exactly why a song opens my brain up in that way. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I feel like it's one of these involuntary serotonin responses. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I'm obsessed with this now. Yeah. Um, that's it. Yeah. Um, take that. Give me that. 
hit of, of joy and I don't know why. Don't know and why. I think it's when there's songs like when you were a little kid that you listened to when you were small and didn't have a lot of stuff to remember or uh, had to set any reminders in your phone. <laughs> yeah. Like when you think listen to a song from back then, like if I listen to All Saints now, I'm like, oh, everything is fine. Everything's so good. I don't have to think about anything. But I think it's one of the problems as you get older, you realise that every time you listen to a new band, you think, well, that new band is good but they sound like another band that came out 10 years ago or 15 mm-hmm. years ago. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, one of the reasons I, I hold some of the older artists in such regard is partly because they were completely new to my brain in every sense. Because yeah. like, mm-hmm. I grew up in, in Skibbereen, which is just a really little town in West Cork. So we didn't have that much access to music. So the music came to me so fresh mm-hmm. and it was like there was just an empty landscape. And you know, when we got MTV and when we sort of got more access to music it was just like burnt into my brain so like I know what you mean about like the song that can can make a difference and sometimes I do regret now like it's, it's actually useful to go away sometimes and listen to no music and then come back yeah and hear it again like if you go off and not that I do retreats but if you if you go off somewhere where you're not able through family or whatever to listen to a lot of music and then you come back in and you play something and it sounds brighter somehow mm-hmm. yeah I haven't had Spotify on my phone for four months oh really I haven't been listening to music like except for the Cher Abba album let's be fair let's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not lie to ourselves stunning piece of art fucking amazing <laughs> and the Mamma Mia 2 soundtrack genuinely aside from those two I've just been listening to <gasps> numbing orchestral ambience I haven't listened to my playlists or anything in four months maybe Wow, and I'm excited to see what it feels like mm. on return. Yeah, because that because what we're like what music does is it floods us with something. Yeah, and that's beyond where the music comes from or how it's produced. There's an ineffable quality to it and a response that we can't control. Yeah, and when I go long periods, and I'm about you guys, when I go long periods without it, I feel that in a very pure and huge way. Mm-hmm. Like, where I will fully want to write an entire essay, I'll be like, I need to talk to you about Could It Be Magic? <laughs> because a lot of things are happening inside It's very me. important. It's very important. Because when you withdraw from music in that way, it, it returns with, like, velocity. Like, it hits you. And yeah. It like, yeah. And it's like, a, yeah, it's like, listen, you know, it's kind of, sometimes it makes me feel sad now that I feel like I don't listen to, like, I can't, like, Obviously, I can't, but I can't listen to music like a 15-year-old girl anymore. All that free time. You know what I mean? And like you, you, like you remember how it felt and you're like, why can't I, why can't I grasp that anymore? Mm. You know what I mean? Sometimes it happens in like a small little snippet. Like a couple of weeks ago, I heard like, randomly heard like a postal service song mm. in a cafe and I was like, oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going <laughs> to yeah, cry. Yeah. You know, and it's like just hits you like boof in the stomach. But within two seconds, you're like, oh, I'm think you're thinking about something else. I have admin. You know, you and know? It's so, it makes me feel really, really, really sad yeah. that it's like when you lose that, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, fuck. so much of it is like your mind and body are chemically altering at an insane rate at that age. So things hit you and they hit you like a bus, whereas mm. other times it's like a bug flies in your eye. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. And, and now I need to go and um, go to revenue or something. But, <laughs> why when you're a grown up and you hear songs for the first time or somebody new, like I, when I found Shura a couple of years ago, for example, I just couldn't stop listening to her. Yeah. Because she gave me... Listening to her uh, EP gave me feelings that I hadn't had yeah. since I was a teenager. Yeah. Like, there's something about this that I don't know what it is that's giving me that 
15 feeling. Yeah. Same and with Ariana Grande Ariana, album. Yeah. I listen, like I listen to it like a 15 year old girl. I listen oh. to it over and over and over until I knew, I know all the words to every single song on the album now. And I like, and I had to kind of step away from it because I was like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, this is a lot. Like, you know, it's like very overwhelming yeah. kind of thing. But that was fun. You know what I mean? So like once in a while you get that. It is well, so much fun. I think with Ariana Grande, what I find about her and, and the new album is you're you're talking about somebody who's been through such an enormous amount yeah, over the past couple of years. Yeah. I mean, not least her, her ex-boyfriend passing her recently, which is obviously mm-hmm. after the album. But then like the Manchester, the Manchester, Manchester yeah. um you know, I can't remember how many people died. Was it 28? Yeah, it was uh, pretty, it was nearly 30. Yeah. Now, yeah. And to go through that as a very young artist and to continue to work and then to come back yeah. and, and do that concert again, it was such bravery. Mm-hmm. And she just strikes me as somebody who's led her whole life in the public eye. So I think one of the things about that album, and I've listened to it quite a lot as well, yeah. is that for me, it's, it's almost an album that's kind of, she, it's almost like a soothing album like she's trying to soothe herself yeah because yeah. it's not an album full of bangers like no. she used to do a few more like her more previous album pop was bangers. more like pop central like just constantly yeah yeah but i think there's something very important about that album in the sense that you can feel through it that she's trying to just establish equilibrium and i don't think it's not coincidental that she also got engaged this mm-hmm. year and yeah. just trying to find stability yeah. so even when you're listening to it you can almost, you're almost making a picture or a story of how mm-hmm. her private life is through it, yeah. which makes it fascinating, leaving completely aside her vocals, which are obviously out of the world. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the range. Yeah. But like when you get that in an artist, and I think sometimes these days we don't have that so much anymore, not because there aren't great artists out there, but because of the sheer number, the mm-hmm. scale of the artists. Mm-hmm. We're, we're being like artists are raining down on us with all their albums that are recorded in bedrooms. And so many of them are good that we can't sift through them. And, and our attention span is completely reduced yeah. because of Spotify. And then even the way we listen to music, if you think about an MP3, for example, it's cutting off the top and the bottom frequencies. So you're getting a actually a kind of a reduced version of a track yeah. uh, in terms of sound quality. So squished a little bit. Everything is condensed nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like when, when I was growing up, it's not accidental to say the music actually sounded better because it did sound better because I was listening to it on CD, which is like a WAV file, which is bigger and juicier and, yeah. and more thicker. detailed. You know, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. like even now, like I've been trying to buy a car at the minute and my old car, which is like 2004, I think has a better sound system. I mean, I know that's not what you're meant to, what you're meant to look at in cars, but like I've been testing these priority. cars yeah, going, fine. I don't think this sound system is equal <laughs> no. of the 2004 car I've been driving. And like, it is important to me, you know, because mm. I think we're de- almost denying ourselves. You don't realize it when you stop listening to a track or you stop listening to music entirely, or you say, I'm not that kind of person that listens to music that much anymore you don't realize why that's happening mm. but sometimes it's happening for those very reasons yeah. yeah and and how technology is making more things available but we have a smaller attention span and the actual way that we listen to music is 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 less good mm-hmm. the board, quality like is like quality. the quality is gone yeah. yeah it's gone like squashed down so that's why everyone's like oh i'm going to collect vinyl now because it's nice to have an object and then also it's warmer and nicer and I, I think people even people like release tapes and stuff now just so someone has something that they can remember the artist by because everything's mm. so ephemeral now I sound like a granny no a friend of mine actually a friend of mine she was telling me about her brother um he really likes this girl he met her about six months ago so he went and he made her a mixtape like an actual cassette tape what? but then right Aww. but then he, he also bought her a little cassette player so that she could play it oh my gosh <laughs> 
I just thought that's a so sweet. Yeah. A so sweet. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I suppose um, that kind of leads pretty nicely into, because mm. you were talking about how everything is really available. Because you grew up in Skibbereen, which is not a very like bustling central metropolis kind of a place. So how did you access the, like the grunge music that you want to talk about? Yeah, like I didn't. I mean, for me, it was just kind of, like, I don't know how you got into it, but for me, it was just like MTV. It was friends of friends, taped copies. Mm-hmm. It was it was just one of those things. Like, I, it was like an explosion into my ears. I was like, it was almost like there was nothing. And then there was Kurt Cobain. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> it's true. Because, yeah. like, I was listening to, like, tinny, like, Atlantic 252 and, I guess, RT Radio 1 doing Largely Talk. I actually didn't even know about like people like Dave Fanning mm-hmm. doing alternative music. I just knew that there was a sort of a very limited amount of music. And I think it was when um, a friend of mine gave me a tape tape. I was like, listen to this. I was like, oh my God. Like, I just felt like my, my eardrums were going to explode. Mm-hmm. Like it was one of those ones where like I drove to, well, I didn't drive to Cork, but <laughs> my mum drove to Cork and like immediately went into the shop, bought three CDs and came home with them. And yeah, it was just different. Yeah, that's so cool. So it was was like, it wasn't an easily accessed thing for you. It was like a present almost, the music. You know, when people take it for granted now, it's just like, oh yeah, that's grand. I'll just stream that or I'll download it. I'll torrent an album. Discovery was different then. Yeah. Well, I think it was, everything was a voyage. Like, yeah. If you wanted to get a CD, like you needed 15 euro, mm-hmm. well, 15 pounds. That's so much yeah. money. And yeah. you needed to persuade somebody to bring it to Cork. So it was an hour and a half journey. Or you like had to get the bus. And like, I remember I was given 45 pounds for jeans and I went to Cork and I came back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> with no jeans, I'm imagining. <laughs> I came back with the CDs and I don't think my parents really understood what was happening. And I'm not sure I really did either. Like I, I kind of like, it's almost hard to explain because it was so, um, it was so out of the loop in terms of what everyone else was doing. Like my classmates kind of indulged my kind of fascination. My older sisters really thought it was a phase. I started learning guitar and I had this guitar teacher called Norman and he came into like, he came in home and he said, well, what would you like to play? And I was like, I've got a CD. So like I pressed play on the CD (laughs) and like Nirvana, like, (laughs) and he was like, we don't really do that in English. And I was just like, yeah, but that's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I bought an amplifier. I don't know what I was going to do with the amplifier. (laughs) (laughs) So I hitched a Clonakilty to the only guitar shop to get the amplifier. Um, brought it home again. My mother was like, what is going on? And I was like, I just really, and I can't even articulate it as well as I would like to now because it was very fundamental to me, I think, because I was surrounded by fields and cows and going anywhere was was difficult. Like we had, uh, my neighbor, my neighbors were farmers. Um, people lived quite, you know, lovely lives, but there were no gig venues. There were no there was there was a very small library. Um, there was there was no cinema, so we didn't really have access to, to culture. I don't mean to paint a bad picture. Skibbereen and West Cork, they, is, they're ma- it's you know it's an amazing place, but for me, 
like the only place that was really exciting was a place called Connolly's of Lep, which is a, a venue that was about sort of 20 minutes away and again, just impossible to get to. But mm-hmm. like to see a band, like say the Frames come down, they played there early on. David Gray came down, played there. And like otherwise you just had to get out, like you had to leave. And like I actually, I was, I was telling you before we came on, when I was 15, I pretended, I mean, Actually, my mother still doesn't know this, but I pretended I was sleeping over at a friend's house and I went to Dublin to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, so, so I was like, goodbye. Um, and Go with yeah, your sleep, so, Go sleep over. So there, were, there were four of us and um, like one girl was older and we stayed in a and b and the, the thing was on in Dalyman Park. It was Sunstroke. And it was Red Hot Chili Peppers and it was going to be Soundgarden and a few other bands. Frank Black's Pixies was there. And Soundgarden cancelled, so I was devastated. And but we got there, and the place was teeming with people in like, you know, varying shades of black. So like yeah. it was black, 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 and a bit of grey. And we were like, you know, we really were like fish out of water. We had no clue what was going on. But we were really excited. I was really excited, and I had this plan that as soon as the gig started properly, because I wanted to immerse myself in the music and I wanted to get as close to the stage as possible, <laughs> that I would somehow separate myself slightly from my mates. Terrible, I know, but I was just so no, obsessed. I guess so yeah. like, no, so, so the, the the band started and the crowd surged, and because there were no um, barriers at that point, um, there was a real surge, like a massive surge, mm-hmm. and I got carried very very far into it, and I actually fell, and I was really in danger of being like I was face down. Oh wow. And I would have been in real danger of being trampled, except for, I don't know if you remember that 1990s staple, which was the scrunchie. So I was so cool. I had my hair in a scrunchie, like in a little bun. And this very big man just <gasps> leaned down onto the ground and he caught my scrunchie and he just goes, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I emerged and I was like, hallelujah. <laughs> Lazarus. <laughs> And he was just like looking at me and I was like, oh, my God. So I found my friends who thankfully like because the surge hadn't, you know, I kind of learned my lesson at that point. I was like, don't do that. That was really bad. But for the years that went on afterwards, I still had this intense desire to be as near to the stage as possible. And it was because I couldn't get to gigs like yeah. to get to a gig for me meant so much. Mm-hmm. So now I'm really like blasé about gigs because I've been to so many over the years and it's not the same for me anymore. But like. I would say that my fascination with grunge, because that was particularly what was in the ether around the time, mm-hmm. it's not so much about any one band, although I did love Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, all those bands. It was actually about um, it was about getting to be part of something that I really responded to in terms of, I don't mean to sound really naff, but it's philosophy as well, like what they were trying to say, which yeah. is that they weren't part of this kind of glib um manufactured band thing mm-hmm. they were trying to say different things about society and where they were at and everything from their clothes their style to the way they would undermine um authority you know, authority yeah, they would yeah. go on tv shows and you'd know they they would deliberately not play any chords mm-hmm. or pretend they'd pretend you know that you could tell they were miming and they wanted you to know they were miming mm-hmm. or even in smiles like teen spirit like they're deliberately playing the wrong chords when there's yeah. close-ups just to undermine the whole idea of, of a music video and i loved everything they were trying to say, which was sort of saying, look, things aren't all right. Not everything is fine. And I think people responded to that. I certainly did. Oh, definitely. I think as well, when you look at before all the political climate of before all those bands started, it was like Reagan was still president and he was like, everything is fine. But in the meantime, there was like so much stuff going on. There were like no jobs in the areas that the jo- the bands were coming in. 
And there was also sort of like the HIV crisis. There was just a lot of complacency and a lot of republicanism. So then I always remember I read this book called Heavier Than Heaven. It was like a biography of Kirk It's the Charles Orr Cross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just remember there was a lot about that. And it was um, just the general apathy of specifically like the geography of the place and what there was not a lot around the Pacific Northwest at the time and like how that influenced the bands and how they want they didn't feel like they could fit into the normal which is like glam rock and like hot chicks and stuff like that and they were like no <laughs> but actually bands like Guns N' Roses and uh, Def Leppard and Poison and all those they absolutely had their careers cut from under them because of what happened with grunge. Because mm. grunge came in and made them all look slightly stupid. Yeah. Like Def Leppard were like, oh, you know, look at, you know, they were, they were, they were kind yeah. of doing the metal version yeah. of Take That. Boy band. Yeah, um, yeah, and, but then when grunge came in and grunge were basically like saying, look, we're taking sex out of the equation entirely. Although yeah. like Kurt Cobain was incredibly photogenic. So um, but we're, so we're sexy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, he was going to wear his mom's cardigan on stage yeah. and you know, look incredibly disheveled and sort of say, well, no, that's not where, what we're about. Mm -hmm. And they sort of embarrassed you know, the, yeah. the, me the metal and the kind of hard rock bands of the time. And they made life very awkward. I mean, there was a point where Guns N' Roses invited Soundgarden on tour with them. And I think Soundgarden did actually go, but they were embarrassed to be on tour with them because they didn't, you know, aligning themselves with the biggest band in the world of that time was now suddenly seen as naff. And mm. bear in mind, like, they were also knocking um, Michael Jackson with Dangerous off the top of the charts back in 91. Like, that king of pop time was over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was a real kind of changing of the guard in that mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. So I think it was very interesting. It was, it was kind of saying as well that, like, sometimes I think about Snapchat and... I don't know if you guys are on Snapchat, but Snapchat is notoriously difficult to use as an interface. And I often think about it being a bit like grunge. Punk rock. Um, yeah. Because yeah. grunge was deliberately difficult to parents, right? It, it almost had a wall of noise that put off parents. And it younger, wasn't accessible. It wasn't accessible. Mm -hmm. So younger people were like, I'm going to get into that and you won't want to get through that yeah. uh, inaccessibility. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when people go on about Snapchat being difficult, I'm like, that's kind of the point. No it's young people on you. Facebook. That's yeah. fine. There's no yeah. young people on yeah. Facebook at all. There was a huge drop off. Yes. Yeah. Facebook is where people's parents live. Yeah. So like basically we gave Facebook to our parents and yeah. we all left. <laughs> and, and, and now here you go look after it <laughs> see us later so what need do you check someone's birthday that's what i use it's the phone book yeah that's all oh, yeah. golden pages r.i.p yeah that's but that is the blue pages yeah the blue pages. but what do you think then of the recent sort of resurgence in the way that fashion has moved and sort of has um reawoken the 90s and mm. early noughties yeah. And everyone is it's 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 a whole uh, it's strange walking into clothes shops currently um yes. What That's do you think of how Nirvana have been re... Oh, God, combats need to stop. Um, but how do you feel about Nirvana having been repackaged lately? Like, I walked into Penny's recently and saw a Nirvana t-shirt. Yeah, you're, you're always going to see that and they'll, mm. they'll live on in that sense. But one of the things that you don't hear often is you actually don't hear Nirvana on radio. No, never, never. And th the reason for that is they're still too they're hardcore difficult. Yeah. for mainstream radio. Like, you could probably... Like, there's a reason that Pearl Jam's 10 is actually the most successful... Uh, album commercially speaking of that generation yeah. because the tracks like Alive, Jeremy, they're that little bit more playable um, on radio and as well as that Pearl Jam really had their roots in classic rock as well mm. but Nirvana, when you listen to Nirvana 
like it's it, you have to buy into it in a big way like rage against machine would be another one they just about manage assuming everyone's into it and there's a big lead in in terms of talk like we're going to play rage against machine is everyone okay yeah. with that you know? <laughs> like you know it's that Giving kind people of thing. the time to be like you can leave it's cool yeah yeah <laughs> but you just can't play a lot of nirvana stuff without um i don't know maybe a, a director of programming you know tapping on the shoulder and saying never again the yeah. distortion yeah it's all wall of distortion you sort of have to focus through and and Kurt was not very generous with his vocals. Yeah. Like yeah. it was a murmur more than anything. Yeah. Burn Chamber was like a bit, a bit more tasteful than Nirvana. <laughs> and it was like, like a bit more well produced, and... like a bit more polished on them. But see, I don't think, see, Butch Vig did like um, The Smells Like Teen Spirit. And Butch Vig also did like an awful lot of the other bands from the grunge scene, like L7. And I think he might have done a Mud Honey record. And like he was kind of like, he's he gets, he says himself, he gets a lot of blame for that being the sort of architect of that particular type of sound. Um, and I know what you mean about Pearl Jam being technically what you might call better. Yeah. But in a way, like when we talk about grunge, I just think it is that sound. It's the Butch Vig sound. It's mm-hmm. the yeah. distortion. It's the the fact that everything's a little bit spiky and snarly, but it's not punk. It's something different. Mm-hmm. And it actually makes you feel and think about them in the same way that, I don't know, like if you're into PJ Harvey, but PJ Harvey's early albums, the production on them is kind of weird and muddy sometimes. And you think about her a lot and you think about her lyrics more because she's sort of forcing you to. Mm -hmm. You're sort of thinking, why isn't this easy? What what are they saying? Hear them playing it. Whereas a project, it it could be session musicians. Yes. Mm. Yeah. But with Nirvana, you can feel that it's Dave Grohl definitely beating those drums and Stephanie Kirkabain and with like Mudhoney as well. They're, yeah. It's definitely them trashing away. At oh, the definitely. Stars. Yeah. But like, I mean, you were saying about the fashion, like Doc Martens are back in, which is mad. Um, Doc Martens never, never went away. I know you're right to say. Yeah. <laughs> never went away. You've always worn them <laughs> so well. Like, no, no, it's very hot. Every time I see her in Docs, I'm like, jeez. Like, I get clown feet in docks. It's not fair. <laughs> they just um, hurt. Docks hurt. So they're a commitment. You have to wear them for long accessible. enough. <laughs> you have to live through the pain. No, I've had, I've had Doc Martin jealousy looking at your like, outfits. I swear <laughs> to God. I swear to God. Um, but yeah, they're back in. Combats are back in. The 90s are back in in a really weird way. And I don't know what that means. Like, is it something to do with the economy as well? Because sometimes, like... It's a time before. It's a time exactly before everything changed. Yeah. Everything comes around, though, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Like, surely when like, we were younger, yeah. like, there's, like, you can buy a big circle, yeah. like, you know? But, you know, in the 80s, right, when there was, like, a time of economic depression, all the music was really emotional and it was all, like, um, kind of very big choruses and sentiment and all that yeah. kind of thing. Ballady. And it was a kind of yeah. escape. And all the fashion, you know, if you think of Duran Duran, like, they were all wearing yeah. mad shit and, like, <laughs> you know, heading off on boats. And it was escapism. Like, yeah. you think of, like... like wow. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. everyone was like, we're so miserable. Let's watch this. You know, like yeah. you've seen Sing Street, you know, that film. Yeah. Like they're watching the telly going, take us away via Top of the Pops. Um, whereas grunge was almost like, for me, I think it was like saying, hold on a minute. Materialism is not that great. Um, other philosophies that you have are not that great. Rethink things. Um, you know, Kurt Cobain at one stage used to scroll graffiti, like things like God is gay. You know, he would always try and make life a bit difficult he was for the big, establishment. He was a part of Riot Girl as well, wasn't he? He was a big part of that. Well, exactly, well, yeah. He was friends with all of them, though. But the thing is, if you think about it, we're coming into or we're in the middle of a weird mini boom at the moment where mm. there's this huge division of like wealth 
versus extreme homelessness and a yeah. housing crisis. Yeah. And maybe we're going to start to need bands again that actually pinpoint wrongs in our society. Maybe there's more space for political, political art. I think it's yeah, going to happen for sure. Yeah. Because it feels like the beginnings of it might be getting in there. People like there's a lot of rappers angrier. doing that. There's a more like general, it's in Ireland anyway, I think like musically, like locally and stuff, there are bands coming up now that are, there's more, you know, like, there's people that have been dismissed as part of like this lost generation or whatever. And they're like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, we're going to try and do something. And even with activism and stuff. So if that is a parallel, that means that's why combats are back in shots. And <laughs> cool, though. That sounds good. If music me. rises to meet that. Yeah. If, the, yeah. If, if, if dissatisfaction and people's expression of that frustration and paralysis can meet music in a way that meets listeners then maybe that's where it comes from. Yeah. Where if people can find that music, because now in the swamp of like yeah. endlessly accessible so music, much. Yeah. it's hard to surface and to break through and to find, mm. and as a listener to find the things yeah. that you want to hear and to find the music that is new and speaks to you. So it's a sort of a paradox, isn't it? Yeah. Like in some ways we have this wealth of music, too much yeah. embarrassment. But we've nothing saying something. But we've nothing saying nothing new. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I was only talking to somebody about it the other day about like we were listening to like um, Rage Against the Machine, mm-hmm. and we were watching a gig on YouTube that they did back in Miami or somewhere back in the nineties, and it looked insanely incredible. And they were like, "Fuck you! I won't do it. You tell me." Do you know this? Yeah. And that was like it meant an something. anthem, yeah. and it meant something to so many people yeah. that were just so unhappy with how things were going, mm. and we were like we like this generation like and I don't know if it's because we're all old fogies and we're just not seeing that there is a band like that and we're just missing it do you know what I mean but it's like you you need that you need that generation every generation needs that like political kind of like not even political but like a band going you know think for your fucking self like you know know what what I mean what I think is cool though and what you were talking about how much you really like pop music and stuff is that a lot of political music now is pop music. Like, if you look at, say, someone like Troye Sivan, he's, like, just a really out gay pop person, and that wouldn't have happened before. Mm-hmm. Or if you look at someone like Shamir, who had this pop career and mm-hmm. then went Shamir's really amazing. indie. yeah. So I think it is happening. It just might not be in the same way where, same. like, yeah. all the same. Ariana, yeah. God is a woman. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Like, there are true. Ways, yeah, there very true. Very true. true. Well, I think pop it. can be really subversive. Like, and I would say, like, the thing is, even though I'd be talking about grunge, like, I do absolutely love pop music and mm. I think pop music is a vehicle because it's so easily embraced mm. that you can almost put really subversive stuff in and maybe nobody yeah. even realizes until like mm. the 10th play yeah. so there's loads to be got from pop music but I just think sometimes you need the kind of balls out actual aggression yeah. of, of a new band to say look uh here here you go I'm gonna wrong foot you a little bit and make you rethink things a little bit mm. and you know the grunge movement did that and then the Britpop movement came in and did yeah. something different and then there was the dance electronica with like Chemical Brothers Underworld all that kind of you know the pill generation yeah like there'll always be these movements um but what I worry about is with with the kind of like the way we're doing this podcast which is amazing but like there's podcast and there's another podcast and then there's another band and another band and they're all existing in these islands you know yeah. with these all people, siloed. yeah with these people who are really really passionate fans but they're all separate from each other and that really worries me because if there's no community of large-scale thought mm. then are we not going to have big movements the way yeah. we did in the past will uh-huh. everybody just be specialized into their area true very did true. you um with grunge did you enjoy being part of like a 
did you feel like part of a movement when you were a fan of those bands and well, identifying like, with the, their, you know, grievances about the world and how it was working? I tell you, uh, when Neve was chatting about like how she felt when Robbie left the band, like, mm. like to be honest, I was I was on Kurt Cobain watch for months mm. before he passed oh, away yeah. because you know there was yeah, that yeah. time absolutely in Rome when he was he supposed to play Dublin, was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I would have had a homework diary in school that I had cut out loads of different images from magazines of you know like there was Kurt and there were like there were all these like there was these music magazines Vox and Enemy and Melody Maker and Q Magazine um, and they were they were just I would just take them cut them cut them out put them in the collage in my diary and then uh we would use ye olde uh, actual phone you know that you had to <laughs> you know ring ring <laughs> and like we'd use that to keep each other updated on how Kirk Cobain was doing um and then you know obviously when he died like it was it was so strange because it was something that that was for me very upsetting but obviously none of my family would have really known about no they wouldn't yeah. have noticed they'd be just like if even if I was trying to explain it they'd be like well is that that program you're always watching as if on TV <laughs> <laughs> trying to see you know if a, if a good video would come on um but yeah so like I did feel like part of something but I think they make music for they I think for me Nirvana were a band of introverts or at least Kurt Cobain was an introvert mm-hmm. making introverted music and in a way it made sense that it was quite a personal um choice to be into them because it, it was almost like um th- that I think take that are music made by extroverts um yeah. and it's like everywhere and it's in your face and, mm-hmm. and everybody can absorb it confident but, yeah but Nirvana were like no we're coming from here and then we're going to go out and blast it and it's going to be more intense in a different way so it was kind of okay that it was a personal thing yeah because it almost made sense with the music mm. I mean listening to them on your own a lot probably yeah. well yeah because like yeah. you wouldn't have been I mean I remember trying to listen to Rage Against the Machine while I was studying for my leaving cert and my dad would come <laughs> in he'd knock on the door and he'd come in and it would be just <laughs> in the middle of going fuck you know and he'd be like what are you doing and I was like Maths. And like, I just didn't, you know, it was just, it was what it was. Yeah. yeah. So like, I mean, in fairness, they were very tolerant, really. Yeah. So. There we go. I think that's a good place to leave it. Yeah. Thank so, you so much. Thanks so much. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks so much to the Headstone Podcast Network and the yeah, thank Podcast you. Festival for having us. Thank you to the Sound House. You're yeah, amazing. Really pretty. Thank you to Dee for our artwork. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, Dee. We never get to thank you in person, so thanks for your artwork, Dee. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. HPN, the Headstuff Podcast Network. See headstuff.org for more details.